Good morning, everyone. It's good to see everybody here this morning. I'd like to take this time to welcome each and every one that's here, and especially those of you that are visiting with us. I'd like to invite you back this evening at 4 o'clock for our evening worship. And if you're in the area on Wednesday, we have devotional at 7 and Bible class right after devotional. Just a couple things this morning before we begin. I have two cards I'd like to read. Our family would like to thank all you all for everything you have done during this time and especially for your prayers. Please keep us in your prayers as we move forward, the Dunphy family. Church family, thank you for the outpouring of love and comforting words throughout the last month with the passing of my grandmother. The congregation has definitely shown what it means to be a church family, especially since we haven't been here long. Thank you again with Christian love. Amber, Nathan, Sam, and Luke Payne. Keep those people in your prayers. Also this morning, it's good to see Sue Powell here. She had surgery three or four weeks ago on one eye, and she has surgery coming on the 23rd on the other eye. And I'm told she'll have 20-20 vision or close to it. She's looking at Friday. But anyway, it was good to see her this morning, have her back this morning. She's been confined at the house, and especially when can't see and snow here and there and everywhere. But Melinda, her daughter from Georgia, has been staying with her. Keep Kristen and Marvin and Judy Jordan in your prayers. Marvin's had a time with uh, us talking to Peg this morning. One thing gets fixed, something else has happened, but he's in, in compass. It's bright shining back there. Where's Peg? Okay. So keep them in your prayers. As we begin this morning, I'd like to read Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which also easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Would you bow with me, please? Father, we're thankful for this beautiful day of life you've given us, for, for your son who came and died for us, for the opportunity of being here today to hear another lesson from your word. As David presents a lesson, bless him and pray that the things he has to say will touch someone's heart that has not been baptized yet. Be with Chris and his family as they are in Freed Hardeman this week at the lectures, bless them and, and, and watch over them and keep them safe. Go with us through this service. 
We ask your blessings on those that have lost loved ones and are sick, that you continue to watch over Kristen and Marvin and Judy and Sue and all of our others, Father. Bless us this day. Forgive us in thy son's name we pray and amen. Would you stand for the first song, please? First time this morning, number 732. We praise thee, O God. <clears throat> we praise thee, O God, for the Son of thy love, for Jesus. Next hymn this morning, number 434, 434, More Holiness, Give Me, More Holiness, Give Me. <clears throat> and after this hymn, Brother Dickie Parker will have our scripture reading and prayer.
Today's scripture reader comes from 1 Peter, chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. Before the reading, let's go to God in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this opportunity to gather here this morning to hear your word and sing songs of praise to you. Father, we ask that you let us open our hearts and our minds so that we may hear your word, apply it to our lives so that we may better serve thee. Father, we ask that you be with the deacons and the elders of this church to watch over and bless and, and guide them, Father, so that they may do your will and lead their flock. Father, we ask that you be with David as he stands before us this morning. Give him a recollection of the things that he's learned so that he may apply them in a way that we can hear them and understand them so we may be faithful and good servants to you, Father. Father, we ask that you be with those that are sick Father, we ask that you be with, with Kristen Ward during this time and her family. Father, we ask that you be with Nash Walker. Watch over and bless him. And Father, we ask that you, there are many others that you, that you be with and you touch, especially families that have lost loved ones. Father, we ask that you, you be with them and comfort them. Father, we ask that you watch over our shut-ins, that you be with them during this time. Father, we ask that you be with our men and women in the military that you be with them and watch over and protect them and bring them home. Father, we thank you for Jesus and the love that he had for us, the sacrifice that was made on our behalf. Father, we hope it is our will that somebody here today has not obeyed your, your calling, that today would be that day, that hear your message, they would prick their heart, and they may put you on in baptism. Father, we ask and pray for this every day, Father. Father, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. First Peter 5, 6 and 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Next 10 this morning, number 440. 440. My Jesus, I love thee. <clears throat> My Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art I, for thee all the
Here to, <clears throat> excuse me, we are here today on the first day of the week to worship God and to remember Jesus and his sacrifice. We have um, been given an example in the New Testament to take of the bread, which represents his body, and the fruit of the vine, which represents Jesus' blood as he was crucified on the cross. I'd like to read a very brief passage this morning from John chapter 19, verse six, verses 16 through 18. John 19, 16 through 18. Then Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. And carrying his own cross, he went out to the place called the place of the skull, called in Aramaic Galgotha. There they crucified him along with two others, one on each side with Jesus in the middle. At this time, let us bow in prayer as we remember that crucifixion. We remember Jesus' sacrifice, and we remember his body that was broken through this bread. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we may freely assemble here today. We pray that we will partake in this memorial, this Lord's Supper, in a way that is pleasing unto you, and that we will do so in a way that is worthy. Lord, we pray that you bless this bread that we are to partake, and it's through Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's give thanks for the fruit of the vine. Again, dear Lord, we come before you thanking you for Jesus, thanking you for his sacrifice. We pray that you will bless this fruit of the vine that we're about to partake, that we may take it in a way that is worthy. And it's through Jesus we do pray. Amen. this time we'd like to uh, 
offer a prayer for our blessing, our offering of the um, boxes in the back um, for your contribution, but we'd like to ask the Lord's blessing on that at this time, too. Dear Lord, again, we thank you for allowing us to come together. We thank you for the freedom in which we live. Lord, we thank you for the blessings you pour upon us on a daily basis, Lord. We thank you so much for all the gifts that you give to us. We pray that you will accept our offering today, that we may do it in a way that is pleasing unto you, and we pray that you will bless the use of this offering, Lord, that it may be done to further your kingdom. We pray that you will forgive us when we fall short of your will. We pray that you'll be with us as we continue on with today's worship service. And it's through Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's all please stand again and sing hymn number 399, Let the Lord Be Praised, O Zion. <clears throat> At this time, the young children may go to the children's Bible hour. Let the Lord be praised, O Zion. Magnify His holy name. In Him for this morning, number 538. Prepare to meet thy God. It's time for the day. <clears throat> Good morning, church family. If you're visiting with us, we are glad you decided to worship with us this morning. Um, Chris is our normal speaker. Uh, I do encourage you to come back to hear him. Uh, he's a great speaker and um, so don't let me scare you. Um, 
Uh, I'm going to talk a little about something I don't know anything about um, this morning, and it's about farming. I am not a farmer. Um, in fact, uh, anything that me or Mandy have tried to plant or something that's already been planted, like a flower or whatever, we kill it. We both have black thumbs. I mean, we cannot grow anything. Um, it's just, we, we think we're doing everything right. We water it. We don't starve it to death. Um, we think we're doing everything right, but it's just not in the cards for us. But um, looking back in your own lives, what was the last time you planted something? Maybe a maybe corn, watermelon, a flower, maybe a tree of some sort. Think about the time you planted something. Now, how long did that take? Did it take a day, weeks, months, maybe a year? You know, we know as a farmer, one thing I do know is that a farmer has to be patient in order for their crops to grow. A farmer cannot hurry the process. A farmer must wait for his crops to grow, and they must be patient for that. The farmer cannot take a summer off and hoping that all his crops will grow properly. We know that a farmer has a lot of work that needs to be done to ensure his harvest is a good harvest. Now, if you will, take your Bibles and open them to James chapter 5. Today's text will be, uh, I'll be talking about James. James chapter 5, starting in verse 7. And it reads... Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the fruit of the earth, being patient about it until he receives an early and late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. What is James telling us Christians to be patient for? He's telling us to be patient for the coming of the Lord. In the same way a farmer must be patient for their crops to grow, we must be patient for Christ's return. We cannot make Christ come back any sooner. But while we wait, just like a farmer waits for its crops, we must understand that there's a lot of work that has to be done for God's kingdom. You see, a Christian and a farmer must live by faith, looking towards the future of their labors. 
We know that one day Christ is going to come. And we need to be getting ready for Christ to come. There needs to be work that needs to be done for his kingdom right now. But as we live out our lives, we must be united. United with Christ. Continue on reading, look at verse 9. Because there's something we should guard against. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. You and I, We are going to have things go wrong in our lives. We all are. Things are going to go wrong. And when things go wrong, we usually grumble about it. And we grumble about it and we start to blame others for our misery and, and blame others because. We don't want to take responsibility for our own actions or for what's going on in our own lives. You see, blaming others for the things that are going wrong in our lives, for the sin that you are struggling with, can be destructive, it can be sinful. Before you and I judge others on their shortcomings, remember that Christ is going to judge us. We find that in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 through 5. Christ will not let us get away with us shifting that blame onto others. Let's continue on reading here in verse 11. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord's compassionate and merciful. So what do you remember about Job and his suffering? Job and his experience? I mean, it's a story that we've all heard growing up. We know that Job was a wealthy man, and he loved God. But no fault of his own, Job lost everything. Job lost his wealth. He lost his wife. He lost his children. I mean, even Job's friends that he had sat there and and blamed maybe something Job did. Maybe it was some kind of sin that he committed in his life. 
That's the reason why he was suffering. For Job, the greatest trial, trial was not his pain or his loss. But it was trying to understand on why God allowed him to suffer. But why does James here, why does James here put this illustration of Job here in verse 11? See, suffering can be, as Christians, we're, just because we love God and we obey his commandments doesn't mean that we are exempt from any suffering or trouble. Even though we're going to have suffering and trouble in our life, Things are going to happen in our lives. God uses that for us to, re- to rediscover him, for our faith to be stronger in him, for us to rely on him even more, to lean on him more. In verse 12, but above all, My brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that way you may fall under condemnation. What's the point here in verse 12? We've all known people in our lives. Maybe it's through work. Maybe it's through school. Or just people we run into. That those people show aggression. That those people lie. They stretch the truth. And you know that you cannot sit there and believe a word that they say. See, as Christians, we should never be like that. Christians should always be honest. It's telling us here that we should be honest that our yes be yes and our no be no. Do you do that? Do you avoid lying? Do you avoid half-truths? Do you avoid times when you get in trouble and telling the truth? When you get caught? We all want to be a trustworthy person, don't we? So how sincere is your commitment? How sincere is your commitment in your speech that when you say yes, that you mean yes, and when you say no, that you mean no, and as a Christian that you're always trusted? So how does this image, this word picture of a farmer, relate to you? What's, 
how does this relate to us? How can we apply this story to our own lives? You know, we've all heard the phrase, patience is a virtue. Patience is a virtue. Now you look at today's society. There's fast food. But we still complain how slow the service is, don't we? We have 24-hour banking. We have ATM machines. And now we have Venmo because we can't get our money fast enough into our checking accounts. We have the internet at our fingertips. But we still complain on how slow the internet is. I mean, I grew up, a lot of us did, grew up looking through, if you wanted information, you went to an encyclopedia. And that took hours. I mean, you had to take time to go to a library and, and, and look through A through Z and research whatever you're looking at and, and, and read it. Now you just type it in or say, hey, Siri, tell me this. You don't have to type anything in and it tells you the information you're looking for. But James here, he's urging us believers, he's urging us believers to be patient in our lives. We've lost that in today's society. Just as a farmer has to wait for his crops to come up, but let's make no mistake. Planting that seed allows us to have patience. And we should look at life that way. And it's going to take self-control out of us, out of you, out of me. And we need to trust God. I mean, the Bible's filled with stories about people that had to have patience. I mean, some people waited... For things to happen for weeks. Some people waited for months. Some people waited for years. For something to happen. We must wait patiently. For God to do his work in people's lives. And our events that are going on in our lives. When you think about it. It only makes sense. It only makes sense when we work according to God's will, to His will, to His time. Not my time, not your time, not the earthly time. But we have to make a choice. We have to make a choice to be patient. You could either sit there and wait on your own time and develop an ulcer while you're waiting and you're worrying on what's going to happen. Or you can sit there and put your fears and your anxieties on God and have him work in your life. 
continue reading James here, 13 through 15. Is anyone among you suffering? Let them pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let them sing praises. If anyone among you is sick, let them call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. What's the sickest you've ever been? Maybe with COVID? Maybe with the flu? Maybe it's cancer? What's the sickest you've ever been? Have you ever prayed over somebody or prayed for somebody who's been sick? Have you had someone pray for you while you're sick and tell you that they're praying for you? Did you feel their prayers? Did you feel spiritually uplifted? Or maybe you didn't feel anything at all. You see, as a Christian, as a church, we are not alone. You are not alone as his body. We are able to count on each other for support. We should be able to count on each other for prayers in our lives. Especially when we are sick. Especially when we are suffering. Our elders, if you are sick, you should be able to go to our elders and ask them to pray for you, to pray over you, because they do pray for you. But as members of the church, we should always be alert to pray for all our members. Verse, why you do that? Because in verse 15 tells us why. And the prayers of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sin, will be forgiven. Now the prayer of faith here, that James says, is not referring to, to the sick person's faith. It is referring to the faith of the person who's doing the praying. 
You see, because God heals. Faith does not. God is the one who does the healing. All prayers are subject to God's will. But our prayers are part of that healing process that we all must do. That's why God waits for the prayer of faith before intervening in that person's life. Have you ever confessed a sin to one another and trusted that person to pray for you for that sin? kind of talked a little bit about this in Bible class this morning. How many times as Christians we sit there and we pray for someone that's sick? We pray for someone suffering. But how about the sin that someone may be struggling through? How about the addiction that someone may be going through in their lives? We forget about that, don't we? Something you and I, we all struggle with in our lives. Satan wants us to forget about praying for each other and the sin that's going on in our lives. Listen to what it says in verse 16 here. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. That you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person has great power as it is working. Christ has made it possible in our lives to go to him for forgiveness. We are able to go to him. I mean, I understand that confessing our sins is something that we sit there, we give an invitation for, it's an important part of what we do here as a church. But do we take advantage of that? Do we know why we offer that invitation? Well, if you sinned against somebody, if you have sinned against an individual, you go to that person. You go to that individual and you ask for forgiveness. The Bible doesn't say you go up to that person and you say, I'm sorry, because the word sorry is not in the Bible. It says forgiveness. There must be an interaction between the two. Second, if your sin has affected the church, you must confess that sin publicly. And thirdly, if we need loving support 
because you are struggling with sin in your life, which we all are. I struggle with it every day. That we should confess that sin and ask for the prayers to help us. For you to be that support system. Because we can't do it alone. We cannot fight it alone. As a Christian, the most powerful resource is our communication to God through prayer. Satan wants you to think that you can do it alone. Satan wants you to think that you can do it by yourself. He wants you to sit there and think that, you know what, I'm going to walk around with blinders on and no one can help me with what's going on in my struggles in my life. Look around you. Look at the support that you have. We do it backwards, don't we? Satan wants us to look at things backwards. He doesn't want you to look at the support system you have. As Christians, we should know that God's power is so much greater than ours that we can rely on him. And we can rely on it to be there for us. And God's word encourages us to do that. Let's look at the last two verses here in James. It says, My brothers, if anyone among you wonders from the truth, and someone brings him back. Let him know that whoever brings him back, a sinner, from his wandering will, will save his soul from death and will cover multitude of sins. Clearly, James here has been talking about someone who's wandered from the truth. Someone who has fallen into sin, who is struggling with it in their lives. That they're no longer living on what they believe in. They're no longer trusting in God's word. You know, Chris talked last Sunday about all the churches who disagree whether or not it's possible for someone to lose their salvation. But all of the churches agree that if you move away from your faith, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And you need to repent. James here, he's, he's urging us 
He's urging us to help and be there for those people who are not here. Since COVID's happened, I can think of a handful of people, more than a handful of people who aren't here. They're not here. They don't worship anymore. What did that verse just tell us? As Christians, as a support system, when you see a fellow Christian stray from God, it is up to us to bring them back. I mean, what do we do most of the time? I mean, we, we hesitate. We sit there and watch in disappointment and go, you know, that person's no longer here. Oh, no, what are we going to do? Someone else will take care of it. The elders will take care of it. David will take care of it. Chris will take care of it. We take a distance. We don't do anything. We want someone else to do it. And we make excuses. No, because when things start going wrong, as I mentioned earlier, we start blaming other people. We don't want to be a negative influence on that person. Let me tell you, we must find ways to bring that person back to God. Whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death. takes initiative. It's love. Don't you love that person? Show that love, that you love that person, that you want to save them from death. Why? So that way you can meet that person where they are. It's so important that we meet them where they are. Understand why they're not here. Knowing that we all fall short from the glory of God. We're all sinners. Understand, let them understand that you sin as well, but you're still here. And that you would be their support person. Meet that person where they are.
bring them back to God. The book of James emphasizes on faith and action. Living right needs to be an evidence in your life, in your everyday life. And as a church, we must serve with compassion, speaking lovingly to each other and about others. Believers should know that your yes is yes and your no is no. We should be examples of Christ here on earth. Drawing people closer to God and understanding God's love and for each other. If you and I truly believe in God's word, and I know we do, we would live it day by day. Because God's word isn't something we read. It's not something we think about. It is something you do. It's belief. It's faith. It's trust. It is the hands of feet of ours. My point is this before I close this morning. that we're called Christians and we all suffer. We are all going through things in our lives. Whether it's sickness, suffering, sin. But as Christians, we need first to identify Identify the problem and then identify with the problem. And then we need to come to that person's aid and help them with that suffering, that sickness, that sin. Secondly, we need to intercede. Pray for that person who's in need. Whatever they're struggling with, pray for them. Let them know that you're praying for them. And thirdly, I got it mixed up. Secondly, you inter- uh, You intercede. Thirdly, you intervene. We are to throw ourselves at that person. What I mean by that is that when you pray for that person, be involved in their lives. Get involved in their lives. You know...
Have you ever been sick before? Or maybe you've lost a loved one. Think about how you feel when people are telling you that they're praying for you. Think of that person. You think morally of them as a Christian, and you, th- and you appreciate them saying something to you. Now think of the person who doesn't say anything at all. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Do you want to be that support system? I'm sure you do. We need to get involved in the people's prayer lives. We need to sit and pray for them. Let them know that we love them and that we care for them. And we understand the suffering that they are going through. Because whatever the situation is that someone is going through in their lives, you could save them. How easy it is for us to get lost in our suffering. How easy it is for us to get lost. When we are suffering. I challenge you. As a family. As a church family. Be strong for each other. Love one another. As a family loves each other. Support each other. Now we're going to sing an invitation song here. We always give an invitation. This is your opportunity to feel that love, that support. That you may be struggling with. Let us do that for you. God wants us to do that. His word tells us. If we are struggling with something, to go to him in prayer. If you feel the need for that, come forward. But maybe, maybe this morning you're not a child of God. And you're missing that relationship in your life. And you need that relationship. In order to go to heaven, in order to have that relationship, you must be baptized. You must. There's no other way around it. Why wait another day? Why wait another minute? Why won't you make that decision? It is your choice. I pray that you make the right choice this morning.
that you do that as we stand and sing. Please be seated. Good morning. Thanks, David. Just a, a few announcements to be made here. Um, next Sunday, there'll be a devotional following our evening services for all middle and high school students. Also, just a reminder, CYC is uh, approaching quickly. It'll be February 25th through the 27th, and there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer board for snack and food items. So if you could help out with that, um, I know that they would greatly appreciate it. You could just sign up. Also, a uh, reminder of the Bible Bowl at Centerville Church of Christ. That'll be March 5th and 6th, and if you're interested, please sign up on the foyer board for that. Valentine's for our college students uh, need to be brought in by Wednesday night, and they'll be mailed out the following day, and there's a box in the foyer. You can just drop those in. Updates to our prayer list. Just continue to pray for Kristen and, and James and the family at this time. As Jerry mentioned, Marvin Jordan is now in Compass, and Judy thinks he'll be there approximately two weeks. So just continue to keep uh, him and Judy in prayers. Also, Jerry mentioned Sue will be having eye surgery on Wednesday, February 23rd. Keep uh, Nash Walker in our prayers as he continues to heal from recent surgery. And we continue to pray for all those dealing with COVID and just pray that things will improve uh, soon for 
but our area and, and throughout the, the country and world especially. And just uh, remember to keep Chris and his family in our prayers as they're traveling right now. Uh, he's at Freed Hardeman um, attending a lectureships. That's all the announcements that I have. Uh, just a reminder to uh, pick up a Rome journal for a complete list of upcoming activities as well as a, a complete list of all those that need our prayers. We'll have one more song and be dismissed in prayer. Let's all please stand again. We'll sing hymn number 900. Wonderful. And just sing one verse only or sing it through one time. And then Brother Darren Baker will have a prayer. bow with me please heavenly father we are so thankful for this lord's day you've given us and lord we're thankful for the opportunity that we have to come into this building this warm building and and worship your word and study your word father and we we pray that this worship service was pleasing to you and done in a manner lord that uh, the manner in which your word directs us father we're so thankful for chris and David and the time that they put into their studies and bringing us your word and teaching us, Father. And we're uh, especially mindful of Chris being out this weekend. Pray for him and his family as they return back here to Rome. Father, we pray for our elders as they lead and guide and direct and plan for this congregation. Lord, we pray that you will be with them. Give them wisdom and knowledge, Father, to, to guide us in the path that you should see us go. Lord, there's been many that have been mentioned here today and many more on our hearts and minds. Those who are in mourning, those with cancer, especially Christian Father, we pray for her and the Ward family. And Lord, uh, those who are suffering from COVID, um, hopefully, Lord, COVID will soon start on the, the decline and things can get back to normal. And those who as mentioned earlier, haven't been coming to church due to COVID, Lord, we just pray that their hearts will be open and they would have the courage to come back to us here, Father, and once again worship with us. Father, we're thankful for our deacons, the work they do here. We're thankful for our teachers. We've just got so much to be thankful for here at Rome, and, and we thank you, Lord, for guiding this congregation and keeping us on the right path. <clears throat> Lord, as we leave this building today and we go to our homes and we enter into a new week we pray lord that you will be with us and you will guide us and direct us give us wisdom in the things that we do and help us lord to be a good example to those around us and help us to always be able to to mention your word and your teachings at every opportunity that we can Lord, be with us, forgive us, guide us, and direct us. And it's in your son's blessed name that we ask these things. Amen.